It's Lauren Bell. <laughs> Why did you stop? Because I don't know the rest. <laughs> I thought you listened to all the episodes. Yeah, but I have a lot of songs that I know. That's okay. It just gets washed up there. Sorry. You know, it's fine. Sorry, um, You're hey a really everyone. good singer. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's start. <laughs> Cue music. Lauren and Mel Talking about being well It's all good Hi everyone, my name is Lauren. This is a podcast about well-being and mental health. And today I have another guest filling in for Mel. Would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Vanessa Jang. Me and Lauren have known each other since high school and we're good friends. <laughs> Why did you say it like I had a gun pointed at your head? Because <laughs> you do. Uh, Guys, that's a totally you different help podcast. Me out here. <laughs> <laughs> this started off so dark. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I remember we we only became friends in grade 12, really. Well, I always wanted to be friends with Lauren, but I always... Oh, wait, <laughs> what? Are you serious right now? Is this a true story? Yeah. You wanted to be friends with me? Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> you're cool. Oh my god, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> You've never told me that before. Yeah. Fun fact, we went on a trip to England together in, like, was it grade 10? Yeah, a school trip. Grade 10? Mm-hmm. And Lauren never talked to me then. Well, you didn't talk to me either. Because <laughs> I was, I wanted you to come talk to me. Oh my god, we're like rehashing <laughs> out our friendship. <laughs> wow, so touched. Yeah. Nice. All right. <laughs> People listening to this are like, are, are they gonna move on? Are they gonna? <laughs> we will. Don't worry. Like rehashing our entire wow. relationship, yeah. friendship. Let's just like let, that's a different podcast. <laughs> we'll call it the Lauren and Jane podcast. Wow. Each episode will be a new day where Lauren <laughs> avoids me. <laughs> I sound so mean. Wow. I'm learning new stuff about my past every day. Okay. So, moving on. <laughs> so, I remember we would Skype call each other, and we, most of the time, we wouldn't even talk. We would just do our homework. Yeah. But just have each other there. Lauren is a math wizard, and she would always help me with math. <laughs> Wow, thanks. Really? Yeah. I helped you? You're very analytical. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> this turns into my Strengths Finder podcast. <laughs> All right, so today we're going to be talking about anxiety, and we're going to talk a little bit about your experience, Jing. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you that aren't really sure what it is, um, I think it's important to bring up the difference between trait anxiety and state anxiety. State as in being, as in something that is experienced by, or commonly by people, say before a job interview, before a midterm, then you feel anxious before it, and, but that's something that's passing, it's not, um, it's really only temporary, but if you have trait anxiety, that's really more so a recurring thing in your life, and you may worry about things that, um, aren't as common, would you say? Yep, makes sense. Okay, cool. So I'm curious to hear, because this is something that you have dealt with mm-hmm. for your li- for a part of your life. Um, so when did it start for you, do you think? I think, like, dating back to elementary school, my mom always saw signs. Um, she actually brought me to a- see a doctor for a couple years. And then I think it kind of, like, went away. It wasn't a huge deal. But then it, like, came back in grade 12. I had this, like, issue with volleyball and, like, me not wanting to play in high school. Or, sorry, in grade 12. So that's kind of, like, the start of getting to where I am now. Mm-hmm. That's when it, like, really escalated. Do you want to explain a little more, bit more about that? 
Mm -hmm. So for those of you who went to high school with us, I played volleyball from 8 to 11. So basically, like, going into grade 12, I kind of lost my love for the game. I, like, knew I didn't want to play. I just didn't know how I wanted to tell everyone. Because, like, when you're the setter, you're kind of relied on a lot. Like, you kind of, you're like the quarterback of the team, I guess. So, yeah, I was just, like, really scared because I didn't want them to be mad, even though I knew they would be mad. I ended up talking to our school counselor because I was set on not playing. Like, I didn't know how to tell my coach. I didn't know how to tell my teammates. And then I actually told her that I didn't want to play because I wanted to focus on, like, university apps and all that. But, like, deep down, it was because I lost my love for the game. And I guess I didn't really want to admit that that was the reason why, because I didn't want people to see that, to think that I was a quitter. Mm-hmm. Like, just for no good reason. Like, there was a legit reason why I didn't want to play. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that people would really understand that. So, like, it was just a lot of worry. And, like, I just wish that people understood, like, the true reason why I didn't want to play. And instead of just taking it from face value, like, oh, she's quitting, whatever. Yeah. Is that what you heard from other people? Or No, but... That's what I'll, you would That's, like, what I... Thought. I, like, I had a pretty good feeling that that's what people would have thought. Mm-hmm. But because you didn't want to say it's because of yeah. things you were feeling like I like because if I said oh like I lost my love for the game, people are like what like you just need to play more blah blah, blah. but like mm-hmm. I don't think that would have helped. Yeah, I'm just trying to bridge the connection between you're now disinterested in the game and and your anxiety though. Like how how are they connected? Because in that state, the anxiety came from me being so worried about what people were going to think of me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I like I was really stressed over that time. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, talking to the coach, because, like, my sister played in high school, too, and, like, he, she was his baby, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, she was the golden girl. Yeah. And, like, I knew that me quit, or, okay, I guess, quitting, I guess you would say, that would, like, let him down a lot. And I knew that I let him down, because when I talked to him, like, he was pretty disappointed in me. And that's what I hated. Like, I was... Basically, like, my worst fears came true because mm-hmm. they were all, like, pretty disappointed in me. So that was, like, the first stage. That was, like, the first initial thing. Mm-hmm. And then it came back later in university, you were yeah. saying. So I was like, going through some personal issues in first year. Like, I was dealing with a ton of guilt. I guess all, like, in general, my anxiety comes from me feeling guilty and, like, not living up to expectations. And that's what, like, worries me. That's what stresses me out. Mm. So then in first year, like, there was this huge situation where I was causing a lot of problems, like, within my family. I knew that my parents weren't happy. I knew that they were really disappointed in me. Like, that whole situation kind of, like, changed my perspective on life. Like, I started writing in a journal and I, like, looking back at it now, like, the stuff that I wrote in there was not, it was not good stuff. Mm. Um... Was that to cope with the guilt that you were feeling? Yeah, because I was, like, I didn't really have anyone to tell. My sister was away in university. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to tell my friends just because, like, I didn't want them to, like, think of me any less of a, le- any lesser being than I already thought I was. Yeah. All my thoughts were basically either in that journal or just accumulating in my head. It was hard. Yeah. And especially transitioning to university it's so different from high school and Mm -hmm. there's so many other pressures that you have now Mm -hmm. and with that on top of everything you were dealing with I'm sure that was really difficult yeah and like I lived in resin first year too so in like grade 12 my dad traveled a lot so it was and my sister was away so it was always me and my mom and I think that our relationship kind of weakened a bit 
just because, like, I saw her so much. And, like, I, like, I look back and, like, I feel so bad. Even in that time, I was like, oh, like, I'm not treating her really nicely and all that. Yeah. Um, so then I thought that moving away to res, even though it was, like, an hour and a half away, I thought that moving away would help a bit. Um, but then I realized, like, I would come home every weekend because there was nothing to do up at SFU. Mm-hmm. And so I was, like, wasting, basically wasting the res money because mm-hmm. I was only there, like, four out of the seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So that also, like, kind of, that stressed me out. And I was like, oh, I'm wasting so much money. Like, my dad works hard for this. And, like, it's all going to waste. Yeah. So that's, that's like, a smaller thing. Right. But that still, like, caused me a lot of stress. And then I ended up just moving back home in the second semester of first year. Mm-hmm. So in first year, would you say that's when your anxiety was the worst? Or was it later on? Uh, it wasn't the worst, but that accelerated, like, that situation that happened, that changed my perspective on life, that really accelerated it, and then, since then, like, I've been dealing with it, so that, like, got me to the peak, and now I'm, like, at the peak still, and it's just, like, flatlining. You were telling me that recently you decided to reach out, right? Yeah, it was in, yeah, it was in January this year, so third year, like, there was another situation within the family that kind of pushed me over the edge Mm -hmm. and then I decided I like I told my mom that I was struggling it all happened within like two or three weeks and I told my mom that I was struggling a bit and that I'd want to go see a doctor and then she gave me the okay so I went to a clinic and then he I like told him everything that I was dealing with and that how there's like a ton of anxiety in my life and how like I'm having swings of depression and then so he prescribed me some meds do you think that the meds helped you afterwards yeah for sure Yeah, I don't feel as swingy as I did before. I had a lot of lows, and I didn't have many highs, and it was kind of like a roller, a low roller coaster. Mm. So my lows were really low, and my highs were, like, neutral. I never, like, I didn't have many happy days, I guess. But then, like, going on the meds, I noticed that, like, my worries would start to go away. I didn't think as much. Mm. And... I think my, the whole thing with my anxiety was that I just thought way too much. I thought about the tiniest things, mm-hmm. and that would cause me so much stress. Like, things I couldn't even control. Yeah. Um, and that would give me a ton of stress. Um, but then, since going on the meds, I just didn't think of those anymore. And, like, even to this day, like, I, like it just doesn't really come up. Yeah. So it's good. Wow, that's really great. Yeah, like, I'm surprised that, like, things like that can help. And I also right. think that telling my parents that like I got meds helped a lot too because like that was a really like emotional time and like just like telling my parents about all this stuff that I was dealing with like that was really that was really emotional but telling my parents was the biggest contributor to like the weight off my shoulders Mm -hmm. and then the meds are like helping that Mm -hmm. but that's why I think it's good to like tell someone because it helps a ton Mm -hmm. like it feels good to know that you're not holding everything in yeah, and going back to the meds that you're talking about, mm-hmm. there I think there's such a stigma still with going on meds because mm-hmm. maybe people think that oh I want to be stronger than to have to go on meds. But I think recognizing that you need help and maybe you aren't able to just help yourself on your own is a sign of strength. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that because you're on meds that you're not any less of a person. No, like it's they're supposed to help you. They're called like SSRIs where which are like selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And they're, it's basically just changing your hormones. It's not like something that people should be looking down upon. Like 
you don't produce produce enough serotonin, then they're just helping your hormone imbalance. Like, like biologically, it's just something that you need to do to yeah. level out your life. Like when you're sick from a cold, you take yeah. meds yeah. and that there's nothing wrong with doing yeah. that. When you're feeling down, you take anti-anxiety pills. Yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, it's not a huge deal. If, like, if it's going to get you out of the hole that you're in, do it. Because, yeah. like, like, from my perspective, it helped a ton. Right. Getting meds and talking to someone, those two were the biggest factors in me mm-hmm. feeling a lot better about myself. How did your parents react when you first opened up to them? Were they uh, shocked or were they not sure what to do? I told, like, my dad, I didn't really tell my dad, but I told my mom, like, a tiny bit mm-hmm. about the stuff that I was doing. My sister knew because she was, like, the person that I talked to the most about it. Mm-hmm. It was emotional because, like, I don't think they knew the extent to which I was feeling bad about myself and like the conversation lasted a long time and it was very emotional like at the end of the day it's what needed to happen because I think it's changed our relationships for the better letting them into something you've been struggling with for so long Mm -hmm. but now that you told them they're able to give you the support that you need and Mm -hmm. get you the resources that you need and you feel less alone in that process because now the people that are most important in your life, they know more about you. Mm-hmm. And, like, even, like, on random days, my mom will come up and be like, oh, how are you feeling? Like, do you feel good about yourself? Like, yeah, and then it feels really nice to know that people care about how you're doing because they yeah. didn't really do that before because I guess they didn't know, but... Right. It was only... Like, before, it was only me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Like, I, she was the only one I told all the stuff about. Yeah. Or all the stuff, too. Yeah, and now you have some more people to talk to yeah. than <laughs> just, just one person. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. (laughs) Um, I'm curious to hear as to what it felt like in high school for you dealing with this, because I know at least at our school, we never were taught about mental Mm -hmm. health, which is really unfortunate because I wish that I knew then maybe we could have had a more conversation about it. Yeah. But how did it feel dealing with it and not feeling like you had anyone to talk to? I think especially at our school, because it was such a competitive environment, there were a lot of expectations for everyone, and I guess it was good because we all empower each other, but it also emphasized the lows that I had and, like, my faults because everyone seemed so perfect and, like, super smart. Not having a 95% average, like, made me feel super... Like, I felt really bad about myself because I wasn't at the level of the highest achievers at our school. I also didn't really want to tell, talk to people because, because everyone was on such a high, I thought that talking about my lows would make me even lower than I was. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. I think I felt similarly. Really? Yeah. Oh. Because I think what was hard was that high grades were praised more than anything and more so than effort. And even if you worked really hard, it doesn't mean that you're going to be recognized for that. So I think that is maybe something that I experienced. Mm-hmm. So I can see where you're coming from when you say that our faults were emphasized because that's all that we can really see. Mm-hmm. And like, it might not even be like emphasized by the other people around you. More, It's like, I'd say because we didn't talk about it, it was more internal. Like we yeah. just felt worse about ourselves yeah. because everyone was doing so well. And like, I guess, who knows, like people may have been dealing with their own stuff, but. I just wish we had 
the proper education. Yeah. I guess from what I know now, I wish I could have, I mean, not that I wish I can go back in the past <laughs> and change things because I can't, but especially stress and anxiety, I'm sure a lot of people were also dealing with it, but maybe didn't feel as comfortable talking about it. I think we only graduated how long, like four years ago-ish. Like, I think like society in general has come a long way in talking about that and opening up because there have been a lot of initiatives with like Bell Let's Talk. I guess there were more. So I just hope that schools especially are more open to understanding, like, for example, why a certain student might be falling behind or something. And I hope that they have the resources and like the education to know how to how to approach a situation like that. So what advice do you have to people or what is your leaving message that you want to leave off with? It sounds so cliche, but honestly, don't be afraid to speak up because for me personally, that was the single biggest thing that helped me out. All these initiatives like Bella Talk, those are really good for raising awareness because I guess that day you see a lot of people coming out and like talking about what they've been struggling with. Even I did that on Twitter. I was like, like, don't be afraid to reach out to someone and like just tell them how you're doing because you may not know it now, but you're loved by so many people. And when you're in that like dark place in life, it might not feel like that. But then talking to someone, like you realize how many people care about you and like want you to feel good about yourself. Also, maybe someone that's close to you is dealing with something really similar, but you wouldn't know until you bring it up. Mm -hmm. And if someone comes up to you, it can really change your perspective on life because people people that you wouldn't even have guessed are dealing with issues. I think from even hearing your story, that can really help people too, because maybe people can relate to you and what you've said and and think, oh, this is something that I struggled with. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel less alone. Mm -hmm. So thanks so much for being on my podcast and sharing your story. Thanks for having me. uh, That's, (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome. It's, I'm sure it's hard to talk about maybe with people that you don't know. And that's why I wanted to do this because Like, for people who know you and people who know me, even if they're, like, a mutual friend of a mutual friend, I think it's always good to have someone within your circle, like, speak up about it and, like, let them, let everyone know that it's okay to have some mental health issues and it's okay to reach out because I think at at the end of the day, I think it just brings everyone closer and it really shows the person who's dealing with all this stuff that everyone around them is supporting them and they just want you to feel good right. about yourself. And I think from the other person's perspective, as in the person that you open up to, it really, you let them in more mm-hmm. on your life and what you're going through. And I think that strengthens your relationship even more mm-hmm. because For now sure. I know more about <laughs> your story and what you've been through and stuff that you haven't told me before. And I think that's really great yeah. that you shared that with me and everyone. (laughs) So thank you so much for being on this episode of the podcast. It was really interesting to hear your story and hopefully someone out there can really be helped with this. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate it. One last thing. If you're dealing with something and you don't know who to talk to, say you don't want to take the next, that huge step and like tell like a friend or your family, feel free to reach out to me because I know where you're coming from and I know what it's like to have bad days and bad days for a long period of time. Like, I know talking to your parents and, like, your friends is a big step. Feel free to reach out to me on, like, Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram. Following. <laughs> down below. Um, yeah, like, just hit me up if you ever need someone to talk to. If you want, like, a neutral third party. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> okay, if you like this episode, then uh, let me know. Let Jane know. And make sure you liked our uh, Facebook page. Give us a rating on iTunes. And we will see you next Sunday. Bye. Bye.